who believe in Jesus to seemingly give up hope and take their own lives? How is mental illness involved? Why do so many people assume that Christians who commit suicide have lost their faith in Christ and are lost forever? And what does God's Word really say about sin and grace? My guest today is Reverend Peter Preuss. He's the author of the book, And She Was a Christian. In his book, he shares the story of his wife's suicide. During today's interview, we will find hope and help, especially for those that have experienced the suicide of a loved one. Stay tuned. You won't want to miss today's program. This is Kay Meyer, president of Family Shield Ministries and your host for today's program. With me by phone lines, I have Reverend Peter Preuss. Thank you so much for joining me today, Reverend Preuss. Well, thank you so much for this opportunity. Uh, I am so thankful that you are willing to share your story because uh, people need to hear and think about this. Many people have been touched by suicide. Uh, Pastor Preuss, you wrote the book, and, and she was a Christian, and then a subtitle, Why Do Believers Commit Suicide? So this book has a little different focus than many uh, resources that we see on suicide. Share your story with our listeners. Okay. Well, um, yeah, I'd like to talk about my wife. One thing I was just thinking when you mentioned that about a Christian suicide, it's really not any different than any other suicide. And we may get into that in a little bit, but I'm going to say all suicides have a common denominator, and it has to do with hopelessness. Yeah. Uh, which is uh, most of the time brought on by major depression. But um, we're going back to uh, 93, 94, when my first wife uh, was overcome by major depression. And um, it's something that uh, absolutely caught me by surprise. I didn't know what she was going through. In her case, she happened to conceal it quite well. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, she had other symptoms, too, which are not shared by all people with major depression, but she was um, suffering from paranoid delusions and that. And, mm-hmm. and so finally I, I um, was able to identify that something was very wrong and uh, try to get her the proper help. Yes, yeah. And uh, your your wife did eventually, though, even though she was getting this help, uh, she did eventually commit suicide. Um, is yeah, that it, um, I'm not sure how many months were in between uh, the time when I identified that something was very wrong and when she actually took her life. Uh, there were two attempts, and, um, uh, yeah, it uh, it happened at home. Um, I have six children, and I think they were all in school at that time, except the two youngest were at home, and uh, discovered her in the basement after I just kind of sensed that things were really, really quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a devastating so, time, I'm sure, and I, uh, I thank you again for your willingness to share this difficult topic. 
Uh, mm-hmm. But I think it helps our listeners understand that you've been there, done that, you understand this topic. And as a pastor, I'm sure since then you have ministered to many, many people that uh, either have thought about suicide or family members and loved ones who mm-hmm. have gone through that uh, tragedy. Yeah, yeah it there's is a been tragedy. a number, number of opportunity, uh, opportunities to talk to people. Yeah. Well, you talked a little bit about your wife's... Um, uh, De- clinical depression, and is it not true that almost always with suicides there is some type of mental illness involved? Um, would you say yes. in your research that that has been true? Oh, yes, definitely. I, I think it's about 90% that are suffering from some kind of mental illness, and usually it's uh, clinical depression. Um, others um, uh, may have bipolar, bipolar. Schizophrenia. schizophrenia. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And 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 so one of the things we often might say is they weren't in their right mind. Uh I don't know if you would uh, you know agree with that, but let let's talk a little bit more about um uh you, your wife did commit suicide. Um tell us a little bit about those days, hours, days, weeks afterwards uh and some of the uh things that people said, maybe the stigma of suicide. Can you share that? Oh, yeah. Um, boy, uh, it, stigma uh, exists on all levels. Maybe I'll just um, comment briefly on an experience of, of my children. This was some, some days or maybe a couple of weeks after my wife's suicide. They happen to be children of another minister, uh, not Lutheran, but it's like they lived two homes down, and they hadn't been over much, and and um, they just kind of came over and knocked on the door, and um, we heard that your mother put a bag over her head and committed suicide, and it was, for them, it was more of an intrigue sort of thing. But the thing with stigma is that it's a form of judgment that people uh, are enabled to, to, to make because uh, they're, they're afraid that this could happen to them. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's based mainly on fear and uh, ignorance, I want to say. People want to judge, point the finger at someone else mm-hmm. that assures them that it's not going to happen to them, and they'll say such things as, well, uh, this person was crazy, um, they were weak. As Christians, they may say they weren't trusting. But the, the stigma is easily removed when you point out that this person was ill. Mm-hmm. This person was in pain. Yes. Uh, this person was a sinner, but they were also a believer. Yeah. And uh, it's something that's existed um, for many, many centuries. I, I think... It's gotten better with education, you know, on uh, depression and hopelessness, but it mm-hmm. still exists in, in the church today because people want to focus uh, on the sin more than uh, what's behind the sin. And so let's talk a little bit about what the church has said in the past uh, related to suicide and what you and I both believe God's word says about mm-hmm. this because um, 
uh, in the name of your book is, and she was a Christian. Why do believers commit suicide? Now, yes, the same difficulty, no matter who commits suicide, uh, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a crisis. It's a, a tragedy, but, um, mm-hmm. there has been this, uh, stigma. Uh, let's just talk a little bit about that. Tell us what the church has said in the past and maybe even w- what was said about your wife or others that, you know, and then let's talk about what God's Word says. Sure. Yeah. Well, I, I'm sure um, most of our listeners have heard the comment uh, that suicide is an unforgivable sin. Uh, that's that's something that goes way, way back. And, uh, you know, that fits in with this stigma. Uh, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that it's such a tragedy. People perceive uh you know, any unexpected death is a tragedy, but certainly when someone dies at their own hand, this is this is awful. And so because of, of how major this sin is, they want to say that it's uh, unforgivable. But um, uh, what we need to, to reply with there is the fact that there's really only one unforgivable sin, and that is unbelief. Mm-hmm. Um, and some may want to come back with this question, well, okay, but cannot sin destroy faith? Uh, well, yes, but keep in mind there's really two kinds of sins. There's uh, someone sinning against their conscience. Some have refulled, uh, re- referred to it as a ruling sin. That's where you embrace the sin, you allow it to rule you, you, you don't care what anyone says, you know it's wrong. Um, and then you have sins of weakness, of course, which is uh, something all Christians deal with. We can't go one day uh, avoiding sinning mm-hmm. uh, in so far as we all have a sinful nature. You know, we're constantly sinning through our thoughts, desires, words, and deeds. Uh, but that, that doesn't mean that um, uh, a suicide is a sin against one's conscience. I, I would say it's really a, a sin of weakness which is brought on by this hopelessness that the person is feeling, which is brought on by uh, depression. Mm-hmm. Or the mental so, illness. And sometimes the, the medicine itself can exasperate some of the issues, the hallucinations and other issues related yeah, to that's suicide. True. Uh, I mean, all you have to do today is look at the advertisements on television about much of the medicine that says, uh, can produce more suicidal thoughts. So mm-hmm. that's that's another part of that. But, Pastor Price, you are then saying something that the church doesn't always say. You are saying that uh, Christians that have faith in Christ and yet feel so hopeless that they end up committing suicide are in a state of grace. Yeah. They are they are Christians. Uh and because of their faith in Christ, their sin, and we're not saying suicide isn't a sin, mm-hmm. is washed away through the blood of Jesus Christ and they are in heaven with Christ. Yes, um, indeed. And that's what you're saying, isn't it? And that's a different perspective. I believe it's very biblical. Um, yeah. Very biblical, because we say 
It isn't what we do, bad or good. It is faith alone in Jesus Christ, Ephesians 2, mm-hmm. 8 and 9. So talk yeah, a little bit right. more about that perspective, because that's probably a perspective that our listeners are going to say, what? How can that be? Yeah. I've always well, heard. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think there are different uh, understandings of grace and uh, our understanding of grace, which of course is very scriptural, uh, is is that it's God's undeserved love. Grace is not some uh, power that that God implants in us somehow. Uh, it's absolutely on God's part where He has this uh, disposition of love towards the sinner, even though we don't deserve it. And God places us in a state of grace as a believer uh, through holy baptism, through our hearing of the gospel. And in this state, God pledges to keep us in the faith. Uh, He will save us despite ourselves and our proneness to sin day after day. Now, granted, uh, if someone decides uh, that they don't love God's Word anymore uh, and they just want to do what they want to do, well, then that person is on their way or already has fallen from the state of grace. But for the, the weak Christian, the despairing Christian, uh, we can remain confident that God is going to take care of us despite our sinfulness. You bet. You bet. Let me make a few announcements, and then I'm going to come back, and we're going to continue talking about uh, Pastor Peter Price's book, And She Was a Christian. Each week, Family Shield offers a booklet or resource to our radio listeners. This week, we're offering the booklet, Surviving a Loved One's Suicide. To receive a free copy, call the Family Shield Response Center, 1-877-317-4326. We'll also be giving away several copies of Reverend Price's book, And She Was a Christian. Why do believers commit suicide? Again, our response center number is one eight seven seven three one seven four three two six. We encourage you to sign up to receive the Family Shield email newsletter on our homepage at www.familyshieldministries.com. You can, can also connect with Family Shield through Facebook and Twitter. Family Shield's mission is to educate and equip individuals and their families to know Christ and grow in his word. Your prayers and support allow us to accomplish this mission. You can send donations to Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. A free Bible study for this book is also available for download at www.nph.net and then slash she was a Christian. The the book is published by Northwestern Publishing House, and you can get more information from them on their website at www.mph.net. They are located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, so any of our listeners in that area, uh, just be aware that the book is published by Northwestern, but you can receive it in many places. Many Christian bookstores will have it as well. I want to go back to my guest, Reverend Peter Preuss, and he uh, shared the story of his wife's suicide. And since then, I know he has been working in this area uh, and ministering to many people. I think uh, in the early part of the book, it said one of your goals was to offer hope for suicide survivors. 
So uh, talk a little bit more, Pastor Price, about your work in this area and what else our listeners might like to know about how we offer hope to those that have experienced suicide. Oh, sure. Um, thank you. I would say hope is um, is offered to uh, survivors when they realize that, uh, yes, this loved one of mine was a Christian, they were in a state of grace, and there's another explanation for all of this other than that this person um, denied the faith or fell away or, or something like that. Um, I think the something else that's very, very helpful for the survivors is to understand something about grieving uh, for a loved one who's died by suicide. It's it's a, a little different than other uh, deaths that, um, you know, grieving on account of other, other deaths. Other deaths, you know, you, you may have a heart attack, a cancer, um, let's say a ruptured aneurysm, and those are all acceptable methods of death, but suicide is not. Yes. You know, it's it's regarded as irrational and, and evil. And so uh, this paves the way uh, for a great sense of, uh, to a great sense of anger if someone's blaming someone else, you know, saying, well, you know, her husband drove her to it, for example, or someone may even blame God. Uh, I'm going to say the most common... Um, uh, reaction, though, is uh, for a suicide survivor to blame himself or herself, and that, that's certainly where I was. Mm-hmm. And um, you, you probably uh, thought, why didn't I realize she was having all these problems? Why didn't yes, I know? Yes. And then you're angry at yourself. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's a typical anger is 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 a is one of the things that do happen to everyone in a in a grieving process. But you're saying it's it's even. More. Yeah, I think it's even more pronounced uh-huh. in a suicide because okay. um, you realize, well, I should have been more informed about his condition. I should have gotten more help. Uh, or you may uh, imagine ways that you contrib- contributed to this person's okay. hopelessness. Um, and the thing to understand there is, well, okay, let's say, the, the, I'm going to say the question is, if I had only, if I had only... Or if I'd only not done this, if I had only not done... Well, okay, let's say you accounted for all those. There would have been another missed opportunity. Uh, There uh, would have been another deception. Uh, A lot of people will try to hide their their depression. Or or there would have been another catalyst. Uh, A lot of times it'll be a single event which maybe finally precipitates the, the suicide. And in the end, you know, you've got to remember this person was suffering. Um, and your role did not uh, does not explain why he or she did what they did. But more important, more important than that, is remember God's grace has the final word in the matter, not only uh, concerning that loved one who's no longer with you, but also uh, with yourself. I like the passage from First John three. Uh, for whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart, and He knows everything. He knows every sin is forgiven. Um, he knows that every death is according to his timetable. Uh, that's something that's maybe difficult to, to understand or accept, that even in the event of a tragic death, God calls someone home when he wants them home. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's, that's uh, so helpful. What else 
is there any other uh, aspects to the grieving process for the survivors that we should talk about? The anger is uh, typical and normal and maybe even more so than a normal, um, a normal death. Um, any, anything else? I do have another couple questions here, but just want to make yeah. sure. We've um, yeah, I'm not, sh- I'm not sure um, what you might be after there. I can, I can talk about, um, you know, anger towards God or, um, yeah. Well, that's fine. Um, let me, let me just go to a different kind of back up a little bit then. Uh, as, uh, one of the things that I had and we didn't get to, uh, one of the things that you mentioned to me when we spoke the other day is that, uh, often people will ask questions or, or, kind of debate with you about this issue of uh, are they in heaven? And one of the questions you mentioned, which I thought was a good one, is that people will say to you, but she didn't have time to repent. Oh, How yeah. do you respond to <laughs> yeah, that? Because I, I thought that was just a next great to, question. Uh, yeah. Is suicide the unforgivable sin? That that one is a close second. Yeah, I you thought know, it was just it, a great it, question. And uh, So how do you respond to people who said, um, your wife's name was Jean. She mm-hmm. was a believer. She committed suicide, but she didn't have time to repent. What do you say to that? Well, a couple of things I'm, I, I want to say. Uh, first of all, what about the rest of us? Um, earlier I mentioned, you know, that we all are sinful by nature. That means that we're sinning all the time. In In one sense, we're sinning perpetually because... Uh, you know, our whole being has been corrupted uh, by sin. Uh, having said that, though, what does it mean to repent? It means to change one's mind. Uh, a sinner changes one's mind. I'm sorry for my sin. Um, I want to turn away from this sin. I want to believe in Christ as my Savior. But now you want to ask, well, uh, how is repentance possible? Is it our work or is it God's work? Paul says in Philippians 2, For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Uh, But there's a lot of misconceptions about repentance. Some might say that repentance is uh, like making up for a sin. We repent uh, for a certain sin we've done, and then we regain God's approval. Well, that's making um, uh, salvation into a work, I think. Or some may think of repentance as an on-off switch. It's on so long as you're reflecting on God's grace who forgives us through Christ, and so long as we're living a Christian, obedient life. And then once you slip into a certain sin, well, then uh, uh, this repentance switch is kind of switched off. Mm -hmm. Well, again, God is the one who works repentance in us as he works faith in us through his word. And in the end, I'm going to say, you know, if we knew this person was a Christian, and, you know, if you are a family member uh, of a suicide, you know this person was a Christian. Well, time ran out, not on the sinner, but time ran out on God. Uh, obviously, again, you know, someone can choose to reject God's word, reject Christ. They may try to manipulate God's grace so that they don't have to repent. But if we're talking about a sinner, we're talking about a, uh, a sin of weakness, um, such sins will not affect 
God and his timing to save us by grace. Okay. And so again, I say we, you know, I want to just mention again to our listeners that we believe we are in a state of grace. When we sin, we don't go out of faith. There's a lot of some Christians that think when you sin, you stop being a Christian. But no, we're in a state of grace. And yes, if we continue to live, the Holy Spirit's going to bring that sin to our minds and we're going to confess our sins. But uh, in this case, Jean was in a state of grace. Uh, we have about three minutes left. Would you talk for a minute to those who are hopeless, to those that are thinking about suicide, are, um, you know, just those that are just hopeless over uh, their thoughts and just feel they have no hope? What can you say to them? Okay. Um, well, I would. Uh, t- talk to them about um, what faith is. Um, Faith is not um, always about how you feel. Uh, Faith uh, is about trust. Um, And I think it's important, uh, for example, to know the the difference between hope and faith. Uh, Sometimes I'll talk about on a roller coaster. You know how people ride roller coasters in different ways? Some will, you know, throw their hands up in the air. They got their eyes wide open. They want to take in the whole thing. Uh, they want to anticipate what's ahead. That's hope. Faith is clinging, like like me when I'm on the roller coaster. I got my hands <laughs> gripping the, <laughs> the the side bar there, <laughs> head down, eyes closed. <laughs> that represents Holding faith. Holding on, yeah. Faith is where you're clinging to the forgiveness of Christ, despite how you feel. Uh, despite how much you may be despairing. And um, I I would try to talk about how, you know, it's not so much what we perceive about ourselves, but what God perceives about us uh, on account of uh, the sacrifices of his son, Jesus Christ, who took our, our sin upon himself. All right. Wonderful thoughts. A lot more in your book. Um, I want to mention just a couple things in the uh, back of the book. Uh, there's a, I, and we're just going to be pretty much out of time, so I'm just going to continue here. You hang on if I have a chance. I'll touch base again with you. But you have the sermon uh, from your wife's funeral. And then in, in the second part of that, at the end of the book, you have suicide prevention, emergency numbers, and suggested websites. This this book has so many good resources for pastors, for counselors that are dealing with this day in and day out, helping people that are considering suicide, uh, helping families that have gone through suicide. And I just want to highly recommend it. And she was a Christian. Again, my guest has been Reverend Peter This is Kay Meyer with Family Shield. Learn more about Family Shield on our website at www.familyshieldministries.com. Call our response center to receive the booklet or to put your name in the drawing for the books. God bless your day. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Family Shield, a production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in His Word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com 
or Wright Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri 63123. And tune in again next week for Family Shield. Family Shield.